Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Let's all stand. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer and ask him to bless this Bible study. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, Lord, we give you the honor, the glory. We ask you, Lord, to speak to us here today that your name may be uplifted, that you may be praised, God. We ask you, Lord, to speak to us, give us revelation. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Amen. We have, uh, last month we went over uh, oneness, and uh, this month we're going over the spirit of giving. Amen? Amen. The spirit of giving. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you need to give. I was weak. I was so weak right there. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, you need to give. Because most of us think... Most of us think the total opposite. Somebody needs to give me. Can you say amen, church? (laughs) Most of us have a different concept because when it comes to this time, we're looking for blessings. Can you say amen, church? Instead of being a blessing. Lord, have mercy. Amen. So I want you to understand that uh, when, uh, when... we look into the Bible and we start seeing that Jesus is a king. Everybody knows Jesus is the king of kings. Yes. Amen. He's the Lord of lords and he is our everything. Can you say amen, church? Amen. You can lower me down just a little bit, brother. Amen. So the Bible tells us, first of all, um, when it comes to kings, um, we have to look at it differently because we can't see it in our... Um, as far as the uh, United States is concerned and, and, the, and the political realm as seen it as president and seen it as the government, but we have to see it as a king. So when Jesus, when you start giving to kings, um, an actual kingdom, and you give to a king, you can't enter into his presence without giving them uh, a present, without giving him a gift. So I want you to understand that when you go into the kingdom realm, um, this is why you're supposed to go and give, uh, whenever you want to meet a king, you meet the king and uh, your requirement is to give him a gift. And it's not just to give him any gift, it is to give him a gift that's going to cost you. Can you say amen, church? So every king, every kingdom... um, this, every kingdom, every man is required and every woman is required to give them a gift when you go because you have royalty. There's royalty there. And uh, when you step into royalty, uh, you have to understand that there's a lot of value in the person that's in front of you. And uh, when you start valuing who this person is, amen, um, you start understanding that their value is very, very high And you want to give them the best because they are the best, uh, according to the kingdom. So the Bible tells us that, first of all, I want you to understand that uh, King Solomon, uh, when he was a king, uh, the Bible tells us that he was the wisest man and he had all the money in the world. He was the richest man in the world, according to to, uh, 1 Kings uh, chapter 10. 
so I want you to understand that here the Bible tells us that even Queen, uh, she, from, uh, Queen Sheba, when she came to visit him, brought him gifts. And we can easily say, why are we bringing the king that has all the wealth in the world? Why do you bring him a gift? Shouldn't it be going to the poor? But instead, in the kingdom, it's when you give it to the king. Once you start giving it to the king, it's different because the king, when you start recognizing who the king is, he in return gives you back blessings on top of that because you're honoring him. When you go into his presence, you honor him. And when you start honoring him, he recognizes that you honor him and he gives you above and beyond. Uh, and you have to understand, this is what happened with Queen Sheba. The Bible tells us she goes and visits Solomon. And as she goes and visits Solomon, she gives him gold. She gives him uh, jasper. She gives him pearls. She gives him everything possible. And it's so powerful that she gives it to him. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that he gives her back when she's leaving seven times more than what she gave him. So I want you to understand that, that when a king, when you start giving to a king, the king is, this, the, the, the king is, is uh, so powerful that his wealth is his glory. And when his wealth is his glory, he wants to show you his glory more than when somebody brings, you, brings them the wealth. He wants to show them more glory. And even the earth is more of his glory also. This is why you have kings that go and conquer other places because they want to expand their kingdom. And they want to continue to expand because what they say is the more that I have, the more glory I get. So I want you to understand it is very, it's different for us. This is why when, we, when the Bible says give and it shall be given unto you, it's because we have to have the attitude of giving unto the king. We can't come to the spirit, we can't come to church and think that we, it's like a, um, a casino. You put in 10, you're going to get a 20. Can you say amen, church? You, you put in 50, you're going to get 100. You know what I mean? You, what your attitude has to be where it is just you presenting to the king because you honor the king. Does that make sense? You have to learn how to honor the king. According to First um, Samuel, I mean First Kings, the Bible tells us that here she honored him, and when she honored him, he opened up the floodgates even more and blessed her on top of everything else and gave it to her because that showed his glory. That showed his, even, he was also even pressured to go ahead and give her even more because she showed him honor and she showed him what he was all about. So the Bible tells us that here, um, you know, when you start to give them to the Lord, the Lord is not going to go ahead and say, just because you gave me, okay, I'm going to go ahead and not give you what, you what is there, because he's a king. And the Bible tells us that the king has to, is almost pressured to go ahead and bless you because that's what he says. His word will tell you that's what he says, and he doesn't go back on his word. So I want you to understand that when you start bringing the tithes and the offerings into the house of the Lord or giving of yourself, then the Lord is going to bless you because this is what he says in his word. The more that you give, then the Lord is going to bless you even more so 
because he's the king. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that when God starts to move in your life, it is so powerful that he cannot just go ahead and give you the exact same thing. When you bring value to whatever you have, whatever, whatever value you put on the Lord, uh, it's going to cost you. Let me, let me say it this way. Value is not measured on how much you give. It's measured on how much it costs you. Can you say amen, church? So it's not measured on how much you give. It's measured on how much it's going to cost you. And actually, it's even measured on how much you have left. Because if you remember the woman that was given, that was, they were in line there and, and Jesus was uh, looking and they were picking up an offering and he seen the woman that gave and, he, and he, he even spoke and said, look, all of these people are giving out of their abundance. But this woman, she gave more than everybody because she gave of her livelihood. Can you say amen, church? So the value that you give unto the Lord is going to be based on how much it costs you. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that you can go ahead and give God $20, $50, $100. But for some people, that's a lot. But some, for, for some people can write a $500 check. This is why you're not supposed to compare yourself with somebody else. You're not supposed to be comparing yourself with other people because whatever you give, you can give, and it might be everything you have, and you give it unto the Lord. Can you say amen, church? Does everybody understand what I'm talking about here today? So I want you to understand that when you start to give, uh, you start giving of yourself, you start giving of your finances, or whatever it is, amen, the Lord starts to open the door for you, but because of this attitude of this woman, he turned to the disciples and said, man, I haven't seen such great giving in all, this, in all of Israel. Because of this woman that learned how to give, and she, she gave with everything that she had, her whole livelihood. Can you say amen, church? Amen. So I want you to understand that people, when they, people can write a check for $500, and it won't even hurt them. Because they could have $50,000 in the bank. Can you say amen, church? $500 to them is like, you know, like a dollar or $5. Here, go ahead and, you know what I mean? Oh my gosh, she gave $500. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that when somebody is giving, uh, it's because it's actually supposed to hurt. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's supposed to hurt. It's supposed to hurt you when you give because then you're giving and you're learning how to trust in the Lord. You don't give out of the abundance that you have. As a matter of fact, Jesus even told them, these people didn't even give that much. She's the one that gave more because she gave of her living out of the stuff that she's living with. Can you say amen, church? Stuff she has to survive on. So you need to understand that people were throwing in rolls and rolls of money, but the Bible tells us that Jesus made the lesson for the disciples to see, wait a minute, it is so powerful because that's not what God is, is wants out of the abundance and keep giving. A brother can give thousands and thousands of dollars because he has hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. 
But somebody can give $10 and all they got is like 15 and they're giving the value that they have is like, man, I'm going to give it unto the Lord and I'm going to let God bless me. You know, sometimes the less you have, the more you give. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Sometimes you, some of you remember when you were just barely making it, you would still give your tithes and your offerings, but then more money would come. You're like, hmm, should I give more? Should I not give more? Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Amen. So I want you to understand that here it is a practice that we have to start looking at. Why do we see this? If there's a practice of how uh, we see all of this of giving and our attitude has to change. Turn to your neighbor and tell them your attitude has to change. If you don't change your attitude in giving, then it's going to be very difficult for you because you're going to continue the same way. Most of us want to receive than to give. Can you say amen, church? <laughs> but the kingdom of God says it's better to give can you say amen, church? Oh, Lord, help me. That was weak. That was so weak. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter uh, 2. Matthew chapter 2. And um, let's go to the first verse. The Bible says this. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came a wise man... Uh, from the east to Jerusalem, saying, where is, that is, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For he was seen of his star in the east and are come to worship him. Okay, I want to stop right there. First of all, the Bible never says three. Everybody got it? Okay, that's just in the movies. It never says three. So three wise men walking up, and there it says three. So I want you to understand, you got to get that out of your head, okay? And then, um, anyways, we'll just continue. <laughs> okay, so the Bible tells us that here you have the wise men, with our, which are, um, uh, the Bible calls these men that are wise, they were actually rulers, uh, a sub-ruler from a king. So you, also, you actually had these men that were actually kings ruling from a king. So they were like a sub-king, and they were ruling other people. So you had kings that were actually looking for another king. Are you with me? Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. Okay, so now, the verse 7 tells us this. Then Herod, when he had privately uh, called to the wise men inquired of, of them diligently that the time of the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when they have found him, bring me a, a word again that I may come and worship him also. I want to stop right there. He was just looking for the kid. He was just looking for the baby child Jesus. And here you have to understand that as he was looking for him, he wanted to kill him, not to go and worship him. But because they were, everybody else was going to go worship him, seeing the star, he wanted to go ahead and deceive and manipulate. 
So then the Bible tells this, and, and when he had heard the king, he departed and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till they came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary and his mother, uh, his mother and fell down, worshipped him, and they had opened their treasures. And they presented to him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. History tells us there was about 400 to 600 people with these three wise men. So I want you to understand that the people were coming to worship him. And worship, they were giving him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. First of all, I want everybody to understand that Joseph was not poor. As a matter of fact, he was a carpenter. Joseph was one of the wealthiest guys in Jerusalem. Carpentry was one of the most powerful things back then. The wealthiest people that were worked in carpentry. So I want you to understand that when uh, we see this, we think of baby Jesus poor. He was in the major. He was, the Bible tells us that Joseph took his family to the hotel. And he had money to pay for the hotel. Everybody understand that? He wasn't poor. There just wasn't enough room. Everybody got it? The brother's not poor. He was wealthy. He knew he was going to have his baby in a hotel with room service. <laughs> Everybody with me so far? So I want you to understand that he had, he had wealth. So he wasn't a poor man. He was a, a man that was wealthy. Now you have, most people see baby Jesus as poor. But that goes contrary because the Bible tells us they opened up their treasures and gave him gold. Everybody understands? He was a baby that had gold. <laughs> Frankincense, myrrh, which was very, very wealthy back in the day. So I want you to understand that he was not poor. He had money. His little crib was just decked out of gold. He had some money. Turn to your neighbor and tell him he had some money. Everybody got it? Everybody understand? Everybody looks at him as poor baby Jesus. You're funny. Amen. That, Jesus has some money. They had money. They were wealthy. Amen. It's not a poor thing because they brought him frankincense and myrrh and gold. So I want you to understand you had kings that was looking for a king to give them gold. Now, a king would be already established his kingdom and everything else, and he would have more gold and have more silver and have a land and everything else. So then when they would present it to a, a king, that king would go ahead and, and bring it, give them back more than what they brought. But he was a baby. Can you say amen, church? So the Bible's telling us that they presented to the king. They're waiting for the promised Messiah to come. And here they bring him gold, frankincense, myrrh. And here he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. 
And the Bible's telling us that here, their attitude was to give unto the king the best that they possibly had. Now, history tells us it was four to 600 men. Can you imagine people giving gifts? Mary is sitting there in a manger, and there's gold, frankincense, and myrrh piling up like nobody's business next to the sheep and next to the goats. Can you imagine this? And they're just like, wow, this is blowing me away. Because you had the king of kings and the lord of lords. You never go to a king empty-handed. This is why the Bible says when you go to his presence, you actually go into his courts with praise and thanksgiving. you got to take him something. That's why the Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Because you got to take them a praise. you got to take them a worship. you got to take them something. You don't just come to church and sit there and not present your praise unto the Lord. you got to give God everything that rightfully belongs to the Lord. Can you say amen, church? That's why the Bible said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I will bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. So you don't come empty-handed. You don't ever come to church empty-handed. Don't ever come to church to a Bible study empty-handed. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, don't ever come empty-handed. What's wrong with you? Tell your neighbor, what's wrong with you? Don't ever come empty-handed. you got to come and present something to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Because he's going to give you right back. He's going to give you more than what you have given above and beyond abundance. Can you say amen, church? Amen. So I want everybody to understand that before I move forward. Okay, so the Bible tells us that here, when you give to the king, it is the value that you give. When you, whatever you give, the value is there so powerful because that's what you give. Some people get salvation, and some people give their whole life to the Lord. They, they, they drop off friends, they drop off everything, they just drop off family, everything. And that is the value that they value salvation in God for. Because they give unto the Lord their whole heart. But there's some people that don't do that. They only give 50% of their heart. Can you say amen, church? Still, I got to hold on to Kiki and Lily and Lucy and... I got to hold on to Enrique and everybody know what I'm talking about? You got to hold on to all these things and only 50% of what was the value that you see God at is only 50%. Can you say amen, church? Everybody know what I'm talking about? Everybody understand? Lord, have mercy. So the Bible's telling us that here... Uh, he, Jesus goes to the well. Let me, let me break this down so you understand. Let's go to John chapter, 14, chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who is it that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked him, and he would have given thee living water. Okay, let me break this down so you understand. The Bible's telling us this. That Jesus is telling her, I need you first to give me something. 
in order for me to bless you with the living water that I have for you. See, God is going to put you in a place where we think we don't, we're not going to give. I don't want to give. But God is just looking to see where you're at to see whether or not he can bless you and with above and beyond, beyond what you, you actually have. Let me, let, me, let me explain. Here he was, the actual living water. He was the well. Jesus was the well. He's actually telling her, I'm the well. But yet the well is asking, give me a drink of water. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand, the well, the one that has the living water that will never thirst again, is asking this woman, give me a drink. If you give me a drink, then me being the king of kings, I will bless you above and beyond with a well that you'll never thirst again. Does everybody understand what I'm talking about? Let me, let me, let me break this down so you understand. The king of kings has to turn around and give you above and beyond what you have given him. What he was actually doing was saying, woman, if you would have known who's talking to you, I want to bless you, but you keep holding back on giving me a drink of water. Some of you keep holding back on the blessings of giving to the Lord because he wants to bless you above and beyond. And you're saying, Lord, this is all I got. I don't even know. Let me, let me, let me break this down even more. She was a Samaritan, and he was a Jew. And she's telling them, I got the pot, and you want a drink. I got you. Everybody understand? Here, the Bible's telling us that she's actually telling him, look, now you need something that I have. When God was trying to tell her, look, just give me a drink, and I'll give you the living waters of what you actually need for the rest of your life. Does everybody understand what I just said? Some people hold back and say, God, you blessed me with this, but I'm not going to bless you because I have this. I'm in control. Oh, Lord, help me. The woman was trying to be in control because she told him, you're a Jew and I got the pot and you, got, you need a drink. So I'm in charge of the water. Everybody got it? And she's trying to tell, he's telling her, look, if you would have pleased... If you would have known who is speaking to you, the blessings are you just acknowledging and giving me something, and then I'll turn around and bless you with the living water that you'll never thirst again. Uh, you cannot compare a drink to the living well. Can you say amen, church? So you can't compare a drink to the well. This is why a king can't bless you just with another drink. He will bless you with the whole well. Oh, I wish I had somebody that understood. Lord, have mercy. Okay, so let's go to Matthew chapter 26 and verse 8. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8. Okay, uh, Matthew chapter 26 and verse 8. The Bible says this, but when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying to, what purpose was this waste? Uh, for this ointment might have 
been sold for much and given to the poor. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she has wrought a good work upon me, for you have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she has poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily, I say unto you, whatsoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there also she, this, I'm sorry, there shall this also be, I'm sorry, there shall also this, that this woman has done, he told, um, be told for a memorial for her. So the Bible's telling you, I'm just so excited. I, I got revelation, I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Amen. What I'm trying to explain to you is this. This is what the Bible says. He's telling her, because you're bringing me $13,000 of ointment, you're bringing this $13,000 anointment, something you had in your house. The disciples didn't understand it, couldn't comprehend it. They said, why are, we, why are we wasting this? Jesus has wealth. Jesus already has it. So we're bringing wealth to the wealth. And he's saying, why are we giving it to the wealth when we can give this to the poor? You know what Jesus' response was? Leave her alone. Be quiet. Don't say a word. Because what she's doing She's doing it all by herself. I got the 12 disciples right there, and the way they're thinking is not correct, but this one woman is thinking, I'm going to give everything I got to Jesus. Listen. The very first thing was she's giving it to the Lord, and when she gives him the $13,000 of ointment that she's been saving as a little girl, the Bible tells us that he says, wait a minute, this is so powerful that she's giving me this. I want everybody to understand that in return, what I'm going to give her is wherever this gospel is preached, every man is going to know who she is. Why was that so important? Because the, the actual lesson was there's only 12 men in that room. And the 12 men that are in that room are the only ones that know what happened. And he said, this lesson is so important that I want every man in the whole world to when this gospel is preached, that I'm also going to be go ahead and give her glory to the point where she gave unto me. I'm going to go ahead and give her a whole bunch and the whole world is going to know what she gave me. Can you say amen, church? Whatever you give the king, whatever you give the king, he's going to give you an abundance afterwards. This is why it has to hurt you. Turn to your neighbor and tell him it has to hurt you. Every man give out of, the, out of his ability, not out of his extra. Can you say amen, church? Bible doesn't say out of your extra, your bank account, your savings. I got savings. I'm going to get married, Pastor. I got savings. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. That didn't go out too good. That's, that's okay. 
So everybody has a, a, a rainy day saving spot. You got a, a rainy day savings thing. It, let me tell you something. If you got if you got a thousand dollars and you buy somebody a gift of twenty five dollars, that's not really a gift to you because there's no value. You got more value than that. But if you buy them a gift that's eight or nine hundred dollars, you're like, man, that's all my money. Do you, everybody understand what I'm saying? There has to be, it has to hurt you in order for you to understand this is the value that I want to give unto the Lord and give with all my heart. Some of you, some of you start coming to the Lord and you start giving $10 a week. Man, I'm going to give God $10 a week. That's all you can do. And some of you start coming to the Lord and start giving God every year $20 a week. I'm going to do this unto the Lord. Amen. That's awesome. That's great. But if you've been here over five years and you're still giving $20, something is definitely wrong. Because it don't hurt you no more. Can you say amen, church? It doesn't hurt you. Some of you have children, you would go out there and sacrifice everything you got for your children because the value that they have is so high. Can you say amen, church? When the Bible tells us that we need to put God before our children, before your wife, before your husband, before your work, before anybody else, you got to put the Lord first. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you got to put God first. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that here when the Bible tells us that he said, hey, you have the poor. And the poor, uh, he said, we have the poor always with us. The disciples did not see what she was seeing. And the reason why that was is because she was already, she had a, we have to have a spirit of giving. An, an attitude to give unto the kingdom of God regardless of what comes your way. Because if you have this attitude of giving, you won't murmur or complain or backbite. The people that murmur, complain, and backbite, those are the ones that don't never give. They're constantly complaining and murmuring and backbiting. Anybody know anybody like that? Don't say any names or anything like that, but you know. Constantly murmuring, complaining, and backbiting. They don't have the spirit of giving. If they had the spirit of giving, they would look for an opportunity to give. You know that we teach people here to get in your budget, do your budget, but in your budget, put down on the bottom giving. You know, everybody has savings. You don't even got to tell them about savings. They'll just put savings down by themselves. But not giving, you got to tell them. They look at you kind of cross-eyed like, what? What do you mean? It's better to give than to receive. So then the Lord wants you to give like never before. Give unto people. That's why you need to understand that when you start giving unto the Lord, the Bible says whatever you do, I don't, turn to your neighbor and tell them, whatever you do, the Bible says this, whatever you do in word or deed, do it unto the Lord. That's what the Bible says. That means whatever you're doing at work, you don't do it for your boss. You do it unto the Lord. Everybody got it? <laughs> when, you're, when you're at school, you don't do it for the teacher or the principal or anything else. You do it unto the Lord. 
That's why when there's excellence there, you're saying, man, they see you, they see God in you being glorified inside of you because of your excellence that's happening inside of your life. Our attitude has to change in giving because we want to we just hold on to what we get when God is saying, give and it shall be given unto you. Can you say amen, church? So you have to understand, you have to challenge yourself in giving. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, you know, the Lord has, has blessed me. Uh, prior to me being a pastor, I had houses already. Um, so that I didn't get them because of being a pastor. I had, had certain things already going on. But the Lord has started challenging me, I think it was this year, this year, in the beginning of the year, of paying $400 in offering. I'm just letting you guys know. And paying at least $400 in offering. I was giving 50 60 I was, the church is good. Church is all right with 60, you know, thinking that I was doing God a favor. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? So when the Lord started telling me, wait a minute, you don't, you're not giving because it hurts you. You're giving because you just got it and you give it in your pocket. And I said, oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. So I, I started to ask the Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord showed me, okay, you need to give 400. I was like, 400? Ouch. That puppy hurts right there. So then the Lord started to show me, look, if it didn't hurt you, it wouldn't be a sacrifice. So I know that God is opening doors for us and opening things that we have never seen before. Uh, because when we give to the king, he gives right back to you even more. And you got to get past the concept. Come on, let's give God a round of applause. It's okay. Look, $400 for somebody is it's probably little. Uh, $400 for somebody is probably a lot. But let me tell you something. You're the one that has to have your own conviction between you and God on how much to give. And if you're just giving whatever's in your pocket, you're just giving out of the abundance and the one in the line giving whatever they had out of the abundance. But she's giving of her livelihood. That's totally different. So I want you to understand that when God, when you start to learn how to give, it's because it's going to hurt you. There has to be sacrifice there in giving unto the Lord. When they would walk up to the tabernacle with the, the only sacrifice that was the perfect sacrifice. The other ones had a messed up coat and messed up eye and messed up ear and they gave their best sacrifice. You don't think that hurt it? Of course that hurt it. They could have sold the best one for the more money. But because they gave it unto the Lord, they said, Lord, we're going to give you our best. We're going to do everything that we can to give you all the honor and the glory and represent you. Their attitude was different to glorify and honor the Lord. It wasn't giving out of what you have left over. Let me tell you something. You got to change your budget. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, change your budget. Go home and change your budget and put tithes, offerings, and then put giving right underneath. And right underneath that, put your rent. Oh, Lord, that was deep. That, that, that was like, whoa, Pastor. Put tithes, offering, giving. Then put your rent. Some of you just put rent. 
and tithes and offering with the bottom. Can you say amen, church? Our attitude has to change in giving. Can you say amen? Because when you start giving to the king, the king doesn't need the money. He wants to know whether you honor him or not. He wants to know whether you honor the Lord and whether you're ready to sacrifice. That's why the Bible says, present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You're the one that has to learn how to sacrifice on a daily to give God everything that rightfully belongs to the Lord. You can't just go ahead and go by the basic fundamentals. Even when you're hurting, you got to learn how to give unto the Lord. And he's going to bless you in that process. You know, there's a lot of people that preach and say, well, you know, you got to pay all your stuff and the Lord understands. I'm here to tell you that the king is king. The king is a king. And he knows that you need to put him first and not everything else. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that here when the Bible tells us that, uh, that Queen Sheba went down to Solomon and gave him all the sacrifices and everything else. I mean, there was gold, there was pearls, there was uh, jazz fire. There's so many things that he gave him, camels. There was so many things that he gave her, that, that she gave him, that in return, after she's seen everything, the Bible says he gave her sevenfold after to take home. So I want you to understand that God is not just going to go ahead and just take whatever you're, you're giving him. And just go ahead and say, let me have it and that's it. The Lord, you start honoring the Lord. That's why the Bible says, honor the Lord with your substance. Put God first in everything that you do. And the Lord will turn around and bless you in abundance. Can you say amen, church? Our attitude has to change in November and December. Has to change. And we can't just be sitting there waiting and expecting the blessings. We have to learn how to be a blessing. Can you say amen, church? Okay. Some of you don't have it in your budget in order to give, uh, and you need to put it in your budget so that you can learn how to save at the end of the year. If you go ahead and put in your budget $20 a week, amen, by the end of the year, you'll have $2,000. Can you say amen, church? You can turn around and give somebody $500. You're still going to have $1,500 for Christmas. But you got to learn how to give. There's two legs here. Turn to your neighbor and tell them there's two legs. you got to learn how to stand on two legs and not just one. One of the legs is learning how to give. you got people that know how. They give everything to you. They have $5 left in their pocket. They'll give it to you. Anybody know people like that? They got $5 in the pocket. Here you go. You need $5. They need $5. They'll give it to you anyway. Anybody know what I'm talking about? They have the one leg of giving. Man, they're so gracious. They're so, so powerful, so great. All the time, they're always constantly giving. They're constantly blessing somebody. But they don't have the other leg, which is learning how to budget. And you got to learn how to budget in order for you to be a blessing to somebody else. Because you're going to give to everybody. You're going to turn around and tell your family, I ain't got nothing. Can you say amen, church? So you need to understand that God is trying to take us to a place where we need to learn how to give 
and change our attitude in giving. Not because we're going to receive a whole lot, but because we're honoring the Lord with our substance and we're giving God everything that rightfully belongs to the Lord. Because he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can you say amen, church? Come on, let's give God a round of applause. It's okay. So I want everybody to understand uh, our frame of thinking, we have to change it. We got to change it because we're glorifying God. We're putting God first. And don't be so tight. Don't be so stingy. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, don't be so tight. Don't be so stingy. Don't be so tight. That when the Lord is trying to tell you something to go ahead and give, that you need to learn how to give. Can you say amen, church? Don't try to hold on to everything. You got to learn how to give. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, just give. Get the attitude of giving. And the Lord's going to bless you. There are people that give out of the abundance. We've had one gentleman named Chip. His name is Chip. That he comes to our, our church, he comes here and he, he blesses us. He don't come to our congregation, but he comes to the office and we talk to him. And he tells us, look, I just want to be a blessing to you. And he actually gives us a case of honey and his company does not have to worry about money. Because he's a giver. I mean, this brother is a giver. He's constantly giving and it just blows my mind that his company is just above and beyond and making millions and doing whatever that it is so it blows my mind that his attitude is just going and, and oozing out of giving and God is glorified in him. God is God gets the glory, God gets the praise because somebody's giving unto other people and saying, "Hey, if it wasn't for the Lord, I wouldn't be here today. If it wasn't for the Lord, I wouldn't be able to give like this. If it wasn't for the Lord, God wouldn't didn't save me." I'm here to tell you that uh, we need once we learn how to change our mentality on giving. And let me tell you something. Just because somebody has a good suit on doesn't mean that they don't need money. Because most people will judge it on the outside. The Lord will tell you, go give them $100. And you're like, he's dressed good. <laughs> I, I don't think that's the one you want me to give them to, God. You Don't judge the book by its cover. Because even well-dressed people need money. Can you say amen, church? Please don't judge it on the outside. I know what I'm telling you. You know, preachers that dress very well, they dress with cufflinks and everything else, go get their suits done, but it doesn't mean that they don't need a blessing from you. And let me tell you something. God was talking to the woman in the well so that she could have the opportunity to give unto the Lord so that God can bless her. God is trying to give you an opportunity to give so that God can bless you above and beyond you have ever been blessed before. God will go down to where you're at just to see whether you're going to give to somebody else. That way he can bless you. Can you say amen, church? Amen. Learn how to give unto the Lord 
like never before. Even when it hurts you. As a matter of fact, you're supposed to give when it hurts you. Can you say amen? Look, I never, I never at one time have given more than, uh, I think it was $400 or $500 for an offering. And then the one time the Lord spoke to me and told me, you need to give $1,000. I was like, whoa. Uh, I don't know. Is that the Lord? Is that you? <laughs> is that really you? Uh, I don't I'm getting the wires crossed. <laughs> is it Holy Ghost or isn't it not? So I want you to understand that God's going to speak to you. Turn to your neighbor and tell him God's going to speak to you. You don't need the preacher. Let me tell you something. You don't need the pastor or the preacher to tell you how much to give. You need God to tell you how much to give. You don't need, you don't need the preacher to come up here. Okay, everybody give $100. When the Lord already impressed in your heart to give $500. Oh, he said $100. I got four. Everybody with me so far? Listen to me. I know what I'm telling you. Some of you got to learn how to go ahead and give. Because some of us are stuck in poverty. But you're not, you're not poor. We have the mindset of being in poverty. And God wants to break you out of being in poverty. Here we have the woman in the well... <laughs> Jesus asking for a drink, and he owns all the water. He owns all the water. And he's asking her for a drink to open up an opportunity for her to get blessed. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? God's going to open up an opportunity for you to get blessed above and beyond because he owns it all. God wants you to get, listen to me. I'm, I know what I'm telling you. You got to change your mentality. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, be transformed. All right, turn to your other neighbor and tell him, be transformed. Learning how to give unto the king just because he's king. He's king. We're giving God everything that rightfully belongs to the Lord. It's easy for you to say, you know what, Pastor, I want to pay my tithes to the poor. But there's needs in here for us to expand the kingdom of God even more. We have a food bank. They can come and get food. We, we can take them food. You, matter of fact, you can be used to go take them food. We got some right here. We'll give you groceries. But there's a lot of things that we need to do to go and enhance and bring in a lot more people for God's honor and God's glory. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Pastor, <clears throat> the disciples told him, we have the poor, let's give it to the poor. Be quiet, man. Let her do what she has to do. Let money give, give let her give it to me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He would have easily said, hey, go give it to the poor. You know what? You're right, Judas. Anyways. <laughs> I just wanted to get you guys to know that there's a purpose of what God is doing and why he's doing it. And it's up to you to change your mentality 
in order for God to bless you. God will open up an opportunity in order for you to be blessed above and beyond. Amen? Amen. Let's give God a round of applause, church. Amen. Let's all stand. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you don't have the spirit of giving, if you uh, are, are codo, you know, you're tight, we want to pray right now and ask God to give you the spirit of giving, you know, so that you can learn how to give unto other people. The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. Um, and God's going to move upon your life. And God's going to use men to bless you. Amen? God's going to use men to bless you. Man, Lord have mercy. The Lord just gave me, anyways. I just want to let you know, God's going to bless men to bless you. He, he said he would, he would turn around and let men bless you, put favor inside of you. When you honor the Lord. When, when you start giving unto the Lord, he will use men, not man. Not one man. He will use many men to bless you. Because the blessing that you give to the Lord, you won't be able to contain the blessing that God's going to give you just with one man. Oh, Lord. So you better start looking for blessings. Turn around and greet your... Turn around and greet your neighbor. Amen. Turn around and greet your neighbor. Amen. Start blessing them with, at least with a blessing. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer and ask him to bless you with the spirit of giving. Amen. 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 Let's pray right now. Jesus, Lord, we give you the honor, the glory. Right now, we ask you, Lord, to give us a spirit of giving that we may give unto, unto you, Lord, like never before, that we can give to people that are less fortunate, God, that we can learn how to give, God, whether it be $5, $10, $20, $100, $1,000. 1, Lord, Lord, help us to get there for your honor, for your glory, God. Give us the spirit of giving, Lord, that we can return, bless people in your kingdom and continue to keep moving forward. Be a Shekinah glory for you, God. We thank you. We love you. We give you all the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Anybody believe it here today? I said, anybody believe it?